Hey, how are you doing? This episode of Being Freelance is brought to you by WithJack. They help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. Get the freelance insurance you deserve. With monthly plans and zero cancellation fees, a WithJack policy gives you complete control over your protection. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for branding expert Bavini Lakani. It was a case of something's got to change. I need to actually look at A, what I enjoy doing, and B, make sure I charge enough for what I enjoy doing that actually I don't feel like I need to say yes to all the other work that I didn't enjoy. (laughs) I, I was spending an hour talking to somebody on the phone and then sending them prices and then I was being ghosted. It was wasting a lot of my time. I'm working on a project at the moment where the client ends up trying to call me on on a Saturday afternoon and I hit decline, I won't answer it. I'll send a message back saying, I'm really sorry, I don't work weekends. No, I don't even say I'm sorry, actually. I just say I don't work weekends. (laughs) Clients are fine with that. Yeah, so there is Bavini starting off season 12. Ended up taking a bit longer break than I normally do, but frankly, I needed it. And I hope you're doing well to boot. It's been a crazy year. But we have so many great guests lined up between now and December. If you're listening to this as it goes out, uh, I know you're going to enjoy them. Please come join us in the Being Freelance community as well. It's a crazy time, but you needn't go through it alone. There's freelancers from around the world in there being supportive, being funny. Anyway, listen, there's loads going on. Come join us. Follow the link to the community at beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's crack on and find out what it's like being freelance for our first guest of season 12, and that is branding expert Bavini Lacan. Hey, Bavini. Hey, Steve. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Okay, well, I'm going to start by saying I never wanted to be freelance. Um, It was never even, you know, on the horizons for me. I wanted that steady paycheck, the regular nine to five, you know, where you leave the office at five o'clock and you can just switch off and not worry about work anymore. Um life had other plans for me and when I was due to go back to work in uh, late 2011 after my first round of mat leave I was told that my design role was no longer available so it was a case of you either come back as a web designer and we will provide any training you need or you take voluntary redundancy and I went for the redundancy ouch yeah it was it was a real blow and when I said I'd take the redundancy my idea was so I was living in um, North London at the time traveling into Liverpool Street every day for work the idea was I'll just find a design job closer to home be easy Um, and then somebody that I used to work with where I got made redundant from had moved roles and she asked if I'd do a bit of freelance work for her new company so I said yes and that's how everything started Um, that was in like late 2011 and I haven't looked back (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So despite not wanting to do it, yep. have have you not looked back because, uh, you know, work just kept coming in or did you eventually start to enjoy it? Work just kept coming in. I loved the freelance project that I took on. Um, I was doing, if I remember correctly, it was brochures and um, exhibition design for a marketing department in central London somewhere. And um, I loved it. I loved that I could set my own hours. I loved that my one-year-old was either at nursery for a couple of hours 
or you know playing next to me while I was working on my laptop and I could work for an hour and then take a break for an hour and it just it I don't know everything just fell into place and I fell in love with it. So that first job came Mm. to you yeah what what happened next did as you were doing that did you think okay well I'll just get back to looking for a job or did you start looking in earnest for clients? I didn't do either um (laughs) (laughs) I didn't start looking for clients because I didn't know how to do that and I didn't start looking for a job because I was so busy with the baby and the the freelance project that I was working on that I actually didn't have time to to job hunt as that first project was coming to an end somebody else had been given my contact details by a friend who then said could you just do this like quick branding project for me please so obviously I said yes and that's that's really how work has gone ever since if I'm honest with you nice yeah now I know now that you trade as a company name B81 designs yep did you start trading just as Bavini I don't mean just as but you know (laughs) as your as your name or did you start using a company name quite early on no it was just it was just me um I had I had no website I had no social media presence I had nothing it was no no business cards either it was just my mobile number being passed on that's so good though in so many ways yeah it was (laughs) it was the best way well, I, I mean, at the time, obviously, you know, I was I was a bit panicked, you know, one year old, home, no job and, and freelancing, you kind of you panic a little bit. But I feel like it, it just happened so organically, which is the best, best way for it to unfold, I think. So at what point did you get a website, for example? Uh, 2016? You're kidding, really? So for yep. five years, did, mm-hmm. what about social media? Like, was there anything else? Was there any way that you were putting yourself or the way that your work looked out there into the world? On my personal profile, yes. Um, on Facebook, I had no Instagram, no um, Behance or, you know, Adobe Portfolio or anything like that. It was literally just me putting up on my personal Facebook profile. Oh, look, I've done this project for so-and-so if you know anybody who who might need a graphic designer send them my way that was the extent of my advertising and that worked for five years yeah now is that because I mean obviously you must have been good at what you did but um but like who were you connected to do you know what I mean like was it just friends and family then recommending you or on Facebook had you spent years working in businesses where actually you collected a load of people and they'd all moved on to different businesses I'm just intrigued like people might be listening and they're thinking wow okay five (laughs) years without any real you know pushing yourself out there how does that work still come to you like what are those connections which are knocking into each other there weren't any um <laughs> there, there must have been no the, the, so the first connection of an ex-colleague having worked um you know having worked with me and then moved on yeah. got me a foot in the door at um this this first freelance project that I took on after that it was it was people I'd grown up with or you know friends I'd made over the years while living in London recommending me to their friends wow and so on there was there was no actual like business network so to speak so that meant you must have regularly shared <laughs> he he says I, i'm not taking anything for granted no. <laughs> anymore in this interview um so were you 
like regularly sharing examples of your work or saying, hey, if anybody needs a graphic designer, like was that a regular thing that you would say on Facebook? No. <laughs> Sorry, no. I love it. Oh, my no. God. Um, I, I would share things sporadically. I had a real, um, obviously in the, in the beginning stages of freelancing as well, like my portfolio consisted of work that I'd done from the place that I got made redundant from and my job prior to that. They didn't want me sharing the stuff that I'd done for them. So you're kind of in a bit of a bind. Mm. Um, I'd not been doing any side projects either at that time. So I didn't have a hell of a lot to share. I think it was just sheer faith of friends and family that they were then passing my details on to, to others. And then obviously, once I'd done a bit of work for somebody else who wasn't a friend of mine or wasn't, you know, a member of my family or extended family or you know social circle they would then recommend me to their friends and colleagues so it just it kind of snowballed from there really in which case at what point did you suddenly think right I'm gonna build a website and was that when you suddenly became a company name I'm wondering what the switch was um I moved to Milton Keynes in 2015 and started going to networking events. And what happens when you go to a networking event? First thing somebody's going to say is, oh, do you have a website? Do you have a business card? And I was saying no to both of those. So that kind of gave me a bit of a kick and made me realise, actually, do you know what? I can't just wing this anymore if I want to make a serious go of it. And I decided to try and build my own website. I was trading as B81designs for a while before that anyway. I don't know, I guess I just felt like it made me seem a little bit more professional rather than just my name at the time. How come you suddenly started going to networking events? Hang on, can I, can I guess? <laughs> yeah, go on, we're, go on. Were both, cause you, okay, so you moved to Milton Keynes, which, yep. um, you know, because people listen all over the world, yep. is probably, I don't know, an hour and a half north of London. Like it's, uh, would you say two I, hours? Not... I know, oh, it's, it depends. If you go by train, it's 35 minutes. And if you drive... Depending on how fast you're driving, you could do about 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's even closer. So anyway, it's not that far out of London. No. All of your contacts seem to be online anyway. Yep. But something triggers you going networking. And I'm wondering if that was because suddenly your kids were both in school or something like that. One of them was in school Ah. and the other other started. So my eldest started school in 2015 Uh and the other started um, nursery the same year. So all of a sudden, I had way more time on my hands. Mm. I'm not the kind of person who can sit at home and do nothing. I get bored really, really quickly. And I just figured, do you know what? I don't, although I grew up in Milton Keynes, when I moved back, I didn't really know anybody who, who was living here at the time. So I felt like networking would be a good way to actually meet new people. And if I get a bit of work out of it, that's a bonus. Did anything change, you know, like from how, for example, you might have been pricing projects when you first started across those years? Yes, Uh, I started being a bit more sensible with my pricing. I wasn't very sensible with my um, negotiating skills still at that time. So in terms of sort of what I was charging when I first started working and what I was charging in 2015, there was a big difference. But I think I was still undervaluing myself. I wasn't doing myself any favours. How did that change? 
it was only, I would say, two years later that that probably started changing. I started doing work where I wasn't necessarily happy with the kind of projects that I was taking on. Um, It was a case of, well, I need the money, so I'm going to say yes to whatever comes my way. And that sort of put me in the trap of doing projects that actually I didn't enjoy. And I thought, do you know what? No, something's got to change. I need to actually look at A, what I enjoy doing, and B, make sure I charge enough for what I enjoy doing that actually I don't feel like I need to say yes to all the other work that I didn't enjoy. And as soon as I realised that, that was a... I think that was the moment that my my thinking and my pricing and my way of working changed. Did you feel like there was a change, by the way, when you started working as a business, you know, with a business name? Um, you said that happened before you went to me. It happened, it happened before, mainly because people couldn't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, people couldn't say my name. Um, and it just, it just kind of seemed a little bit more... Um, a little easier I guess to have something that people could say that that wasn't so hard to to pronounce I don't know whether that had any impact on work or not if I'm honest with you because at the end of the day it's still me that people are working with and I I make it very clear that it is just me it's not a big business with you know 10 employees or anything like that um I'm very clear about the fact that it is just little old me but yeah, it does have its its benefits. And, you know, with with things like social media, it meant that I could really separate my personal Facebook page and my work Facebook page and things like that. So that there wasn't, I didn't have to make my personal profile so public, you know, there are, there are clients who sometimes add me as, as, as a friend on, on Facebook or like my page. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want too much of a crossover. So given that when you started, though, a lot of your work came from Facebook, yeah. like, where would you say most of your work comes from now, um, nearly 10 years in? LinkedIn and word of mouth. What kind of stuff are you doing on LinkedIn? Stuff that is very me. It's sometimes not very, probably not very LinkedIn appropriate, but it's me, so <laughs> I share it. Um, I, the, the kind of stuff that I used to do on on Instagram, really, I guess, where I was sharing testimonials, work, um, bits and pieces of, of the person behind the, the business, I guess. Um, I will admit, I don't really have a, you know, a hard and fast strategy. But yeah, so I just I share my work. Um, I share things I like. So lots of ice cream posts um, and just stuff that I'm really proud of. You spent all of this time without a website. Yeah. Um, but these days, obviously, there's, there's there's a lot to it. I noticed, that, for example, you have packages. Yep. When did that come about and, and how does that work for you? That was a long time in the making. I'd always wanted to do it so that I, I was spending like, you know, an hour talking to somebody on the phone and then sending them prices. And then I was being ghosted. And it was it was wasting a lot of my time. And I figured, you know what, if I can just put some packages of what I know somebody needs, I can direct people to the website, or I can send them PDF with all the details on. And it's just better in terms of time for me. Uh, So that was that was why they came around. And they've, they've gone down quite well, to be honest, I've, I launched them 
maybe about a year ago. And in the space of that year, I've taken on three clients for the, the Bells and Whistles package. And I've taken on four or five clients for the Essentials package. And then a couple of additional clients for that package where we've kind of tailored it to suit their needs if their budget won't stretch to it. That's a great thing. So you've just got two packages. Yep. Like, uh, obviously, people can go and take a look. There'll be a link at beingfreelance.com. It says a price, but it says what's what's included and then a sort of time frame. Yeah. But not only has it got you that work that you just mentioned, but also it could have put off the people that actually you want to put off. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there are, there are certain people who won't be able to, to work with me, and that's absolutely fine. Um, and if somebody came to me, and th- this is this is what we've what we've done with a couple of clients, what I've done with a couple of clients is, you know, they've, they've looked at the packages and said, look, I really want to work with you. However, I don't think I need everything in your basic package. Can we can we revise it and, and revise the costs? And I'm happy to do that, but at least the packages give potential clients an idea of what they'd be looking at time-wise and investment-wise. Mm. Now, obviously, I introduced you as a freelance branding expert. Yeah. But when you said, you know, you, you got made redundant, that was from a graphic design job. When you first went freelance, were you just doing any graphic yeah. design? Yeah. Anything and everything. I was even doing things like uh, kids' party invites, wedding invites, which, you know, they're a little bit more creative, I guess. But actually, I never enjoyed them. <laughs> so at what point did you start to refine what you were offering? Um, about two and a half, three years ago. So not not overly long ago in sort of the, you know, the grand scheme of things. I was still in that mindset of, occasionally having to oh I've got to say yes to everything uh when I put my foot down in oh, I don't know 20 late uh, late 2015 early 2016 maybe yeah that sounds about right um I just I just knew I had to to stop to stop doing things that didn't bring me joy and so you you decided to focus on branding because yeah. you enjoyed that yeah what was that transition phase I guess like when you decided actually I've got to start saying no to things it was all right, to be honest. If I had any non-branding stuff on, I, you know, I finished the projects off. I didn't, I didn't give up on them. Um, and then when other people came to me to ask if I would, you know, do a wedding invitation, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm really sorry, but I can refer you to somebody who specialises in wedding invites or specialises in party invitations. Um, and it was, it was really easy. It was surprisingly easy. When it then meant that you were doing just branding, though, yeah. did that mean that you needed to cast like a wider net and be known by more people to bring enough work in? Or? Um, yes. So I ramped up the amount of uh, networking events I was going to. I, I was going sort of maybe once a month to some really informal networking events because I, I don't like, um, without offending anybody I don't like the early breakfast meetings like you know BNI and things like that where there's a lot of pressure on kind of referrals and stuff so I stuck to the really informal ones and although I didn't work directly with the people I met at the networking events eventually 
um, I started making a name for myself at these events and the people I met there were referring me to people they knew or clients they were working with. And that's when like the really good projects started trickling in. You wouldn't, for example, speak at these events? It was purely like hanging out and chatting to yeah. people? Hanging out, having a coffee or two, eating some brownies or nice. churros and <laughs> just mingling, basically. It was brilliant. My kind of networking event. So did you start introducing yourself, oh, as a freelance branding expert? It took a while to do that. I was, oh, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, was, was what I went in with initially. That then changed to, I'm a graphic designer specialising in branding and marketing collateral which is a bit of a mouthful and it eventually got to the point where I was actually I was I was a bit more comfortable with saying yeah I I'm a branding expert or or I'd say I work with business owners to make sure their visual identity is spot on for their audience I I don't think I ever really said oh my name is Bavini and I'm a freelance branding expert um I don't think I ever really introduced myself in, in that way. Well, there we are. If we ever get yeah. to meet people in person again. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Can't wait. Another thing I w- wanted to mention from your website as well was like you have these glowing client testimonials. Are they something that is part of your process to ask for them? Yep. Always. At the end of a, at the end of a project... I will always either pick up the phone to the client or send an email and just ask if they could leave me a Facebook review or a Google review um, or a LinkedIn LinkedIn recommendation, whichever they prefer. I will send out a couple of questions that they can base their review on if they'd like to. Nine times out of ten people don't answer the questions. They just write how they feel the project's gone. That's so good. And then you put Mm. them on your site. Yeah, yeah. How about your other processes? Like, how do you work with payments? So I take 50% up front and I won't schedule anything into my diary until that payment has been received in my account. I've learned the hard way to, to take that payment up front. You know, the first few projects I did, I didn't take a deposit and... Yeah, a few things went wrong, as they always do in the start of a freelance journey. Um, so, yeah, so 50% up front. And then the remainder is is always paid before I send anything out to the client or anything to print. Again, learning the hard way. So in your line of work, that would mean you'd send like low resolution type stuff yeah. or stuff with yeah. a watermark on it. Yeah, exactly. Watermarked um, PDFs for for anything that I do. And then I will only say, yeah, like I said, I'll only send stuff to print once um, once they've made a final payment. But you say you learned that the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Very, very early on in my freelance journey, you know, I I would do a project, not get paid for it, and then find out that the client is using the logo I designed on their website. And like, mm, hang on, something not quite right here. How did you deal with those moments? Not very well. Got very angry, got very upset, uh, as you would. Emailed them so that I, I had it in writing that I was asking them to not use it until they paid me. Didn't get a response and kind of just let it go. 
So sometimes you would just let yeah. it go. Yeah. Well, luckily, only the, lo- the the using my logo on the website thing only happened once. I think I was so timid when I first started my in out in my freelance career that I just thought, no, do you know what? I'll just let it go. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sometimes the negativity of it all yeah. can undo you more than it's worth. Yeah. That's exactly. Trend, exactly. Yeah. How about the way, obviously, you became freelance mm. and were enjoying being able to work around your kids? Yeah. That's how it all began. How is it these days? What's your work-life balance like? You said you you were somebody who liked to switch off at five and then not worry anymore. Oh, yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I definitely don't do that anymore. Um, I I try to make sure that I don't work on weekends at all, unless it's something that I'm doing for myself. And even then, it's, you know, once the kids have gone to bed. Um, I work school hours, so from nine till three. Well, I say nine till three, nine till 2.30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the school car park is such that you have to get there early in order to get a, a space to park. So I just stop working at 2.30 and go sit in the car park and read a book. It just, I, I like the way life and work is balanced at the moment because I've got really good quality time with the kids that you know I pick them up from school and I'm with them doing either homework or you know playing with lego or puzzles or whatever else they want to do and once they've gone to bed that's my time I try not to work um and yeah so it's mainly sort of the core hours of 9 till 2:30ish that I that I'm working that's great though yeah. so you you do manage to yeah. it can sometimes make you more focused that restrictive yep. Absolutely. I um I put a I put a little Pomodoro timer on my phone. Helps mm-hmm. me focus so that I don't get lost down the the sort of the Instagram rabbit hole or whatever. <laughs> um and and just just focus, really. And it, and it is amazing how productive you can be when you know, well actually I've got a, I've got a down tools it at 2:30. Yeah, definitely. I I love that you you know you like you it feels like you're almost fiercely protecting that that family time I guess yeah that, that. Uh, but I'm also never... time for yourself absolutely I mean I'm never gonna get with with the kids I mean you know how quickly it goes I'm never gonna get that time back so the fact that I can you know spend afternoons with them or you know go and spend the day watching them do their sports day obviously not recently but last year at the drop of a hat and not worry about work is amazing and I must admit, I liked when I, I remember emailing you at some point and getting an auto-responder. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love them. I don't have it on during term time, but in the summer holidays, half-term, any any school holidays, my auto-responder is the first thing that I make sure goes on. Um, and I, I don't really like receiving those, um, you know, those really standard, I'm not at my desk if you need to get hold of somebody in emergency call this number, that number, whatever. Um, so I, I always try and make sure that my autoresponder is a bit more human. Um, it usually tells people who've emailed me what I'm spending my time doing. And the amount of people that then reply to that autoresponder going, oh my God, this is awesome. Knowing they'll get another auto response <laughs> is, is amazing. Um, I've I've worked with um I've worked with a local council and even they've you know I had my autoresponder on over Christmas and they came back to me and was like this is absolutely brilliant it's so nice knowing 
that you're human. I love that. Yeah. Especially because, you know, sometimes we can feel guilty about not being available. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I'm working on a project at the moment where the client ends up trying to call me on, on a Saturday afternoon and I hit decline. I won't answer it. Um, I'll send a message back saying, I'm really sorry, I don't work weekends. No, I don't even say I'm sorry, actually. I just say I don't work weekends. <laughs> I'll call you on Monday. Um, and clients are fine with that. But if I'd have tried doing that at the start of my freelance journey, I would have been really scared. Like, what if they think I'm not taking this project seriously? What if they don't mm. ever want to work with me again? Now you've got that confidence. Yeah, definitely. When you first started, you didn't have a plan. No. But are you somebody who does now? Like, are you somebody with goals and a, like a vision sort of thing? No. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. My, do you know what? I saw somebody talk when I went to um, the Freelance Heroes Roadshow in 2018. She was a graphic designer who, who now owns her own design agency. And she's done so well for herself. And she gave a really inspiring talk. And I then had a chat with her saying, oh, but, but what if you don't have those goals of wanting to, you know, go from freelance design to owning your own agency and employing five of the designers and, you know, that kind of stuff. And she said to me, it doesn't matter. You don't have to want a massive agency in your name to, to be successful. And it's just stuck with me. I I really love where I am in in my career at the moment and you know design is is what I love doing so there's no way I'd want to to swap that for anything. Hmm. You said that you get bored really quickly. Yeah. What do you do when like oh well maybe there's never periods but are there periods where you don't have work on but it's a work day if you see what I mean? Uh yes there are. Um I will do something for myself. You know what it's like when you kind of run your own business, right? There's always a little bit of admin that needs to get done that you put onto the bottom of the client list or, you know, it goes, it's not a priority until you've not got any projects on. So that that kind of keeps me ticking over. Or I'll use that time to to go in, I don't know, sit in a coffee shop and have a coffee and people watch. Um, or I will go for a walk around the local lake and listen to a podcast. Or I'll, I'll find something to do. I can't. I can't just sit there and and do nothing. That's great, though. In that you're not equally. You're not sitting there feeling like you're doing bits of work. You yeah. Know, like, well, maybe you don't because you don't do it. But it's possible <laughs> just to sit there and feel like you're busy and you're doing work. Because look at me doing my work. <laughs> And um, but actually, you're like, no, I've I've done I've been doing the stuff. I've done the yeah. LinkedIn. I've done the networking. I'm going to go walk around Lake and yeah. chill out since yeah. I'm not busy. It is brilliant, and that's the beauty of being freelance and working for yourself, isn't it? That you can do that. Whereas if I was working for somebody in the nine to five that I craved so badly, um, I'd have to find something to do, wouldn't I? Now, Bavini, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie. Let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? Right. So I've got number one. My youngest daughter was born on the same day as Prince George. Number two, I had a very small bit part in a Bollywood movie in the early 90s. Amazing. 
And number three, I've been featured on the front page of the local paper for trampoline jumping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, right. I mean, okay. Now, number one, Prince yeah. George, which weirdly we once had a guest on the podcast who photographed Prince George. Oh, nice. Go back, search for Matt Porteous's episode. It's Okay. A, He's very good indeed. That's besides, that's just me blatantly plugging people <laughs> to go back for the archive. But the fact is, is that Prince, that, I mean, that's that's doable. I don't even know. How old, how old is your, which, do, which child my is young, this? My youngest, who's just turned seven. Now, if I was a proper Brit, I might know how old Prince George is. I haven't <laughs> got a clue. Uh, I couldn't even tell you, this is bad. I couldn't tell you what the other ones are called. I only know... Prince George. I know. No, that's not true, actually. Is one of it Charlotte? Yeah, the girl's called Charlotte. I but don't. But what's the what, third one? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Lewis. 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 What? As in, like, from Lewis from <laughs> Inspector Morse? No. Uh, well, oh, I don't know. I, Were they I big always... Morse fans? Was that it? Possibly. I. Oh, if only they'd have been like into Midsummer Murders, and they could have called their child <laughs> Barnaby or something like that. Oh. Oh, yeah, um, maybe. Barnaby That's... does sound quite royal. Lewis doesn't. Are you sure it's not Louis? Oh, maybe it is. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I, I believe that one. So okay. Now, how were you in a Bollywood movie? Like, what did you do? So my mum is originally from Mumbai, and so my sister and I spent summers in Mumbai with with our family out there. So we do, you know, we do six weeks. And um, my uncle took us out in central Mumbai. We came across a film set. They were they were shooting a movie called King Uncle, which is basically the Indian equivalent of Annie. And I had like a little tiny extra in one of extra scene in one of the um, dance songs. Did you have to dance? No, I was the girl cleaning the banisters in the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> little tails in my hair. That sounds plausible. Which. <laughs> trampolining though I mean I'll be gutted if this isn't true so why were you why did you make the front page was it because like you you were an excellent trampoliner or because you broke your neck trampolining like which way of the local paper story does this go neither of those it was um it was the most amount of trampoline jumps to raise money for charity my mum's even got a cut out of the newspaper oh it was when you were a child yeah yeah yeah. I was going to say, because as an adult, I don't know about you, but my bladder gives in after about 10 bounces. Oh, I um, love giving on the trampoline. I love it. <laughs> I can't do it these days. <laughs> OK, that sounds plausible, especially. Oh, no, but hang on. <laughs> I've just said they're all, You've they're just all said true. Plausible, yeah. But why would you have made. OK, so that part of me thinks now Prince George is the lie. But no, I don't want to offend you, but that is a rubbish lie. Although, is it? Because it's so plausible that it's a genius lie. Oh, man. I just don't know. No, okay, you were never in a Bollywood movie. Ah, you got me. I was never in a Bollywood movie. Well done. That was so believable. Well done. (laughs) You'd you'd really thought about what you had done, put it that way. Now, if if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Don't be afraid to say no. That is my ultimate, I think, because the minute I started saying no is when I think my, I think that's when the magic started to happen. 
So yeah, don't don't be afraid to say no. It's not a bad thing to do. I meant to ask you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there's no plan. No. Are there? I don't know. Like other people who you've since met you know like within the freelance world within the business world because you go to a lot of uh, Mm. networking events where you've kind of like picked up what you're doing business-wise um yes and no I think business-wise in terms of like certain processes so you know making sure I'm sending out proper terms of business and contracts and things like that I've picked up over the years from others that I've met um, and I'm making sure I'm doing all that kind of stuff properly. Um, As for everything else, no, not really, because, you know, the way somebody does business isn't necessarily going to be right for me and vice versa. I feel like I've just got to, I've got to find my own path and my own way of doing things. And it hasn't steered me wrong so far. Bavini, it's been so good to talk to you. Go to beingfreelance.com. And of course, as with all of our guests, there's a transcription for each episode. There's links so that you can check out Bavini's website, especially since we were talking about that earlier, B81designs. There's also links so that you can find her on social media as well. So reach out, say hi. And if you, uh, like myself and Bavini, are a freelance parent, then also please do check out the other podcast that I do it's called doing it for the kids we won best business podcast at a, at a fancy awards thing so apparently we might know what we're talking about go check that out as well search for doing it for the kids and if you've enjoyed this please consider leaving a review and sharing it as well it really does help but for now Bavini thank you so much and all the best being freelance oh, thank you for having me